Hello and welcome to this week's BWB Extra, where we continue our conversation with Andre Dolnikov, founder and CEO of Binyan Studios and president of the American Society of Architectural Illustrators. We dig deeper into Andre's perspectives on what healthy company culture should look like and hear about Binyan's core values, which make up the bedrock of the company's ethos. And with Andre being half Russian and half Ukrainian, we also discuss his thoughts and feelings about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. All of this alongside our staple BWB questions, where we dig a little deeper and get to know more about the founder, CEO, and the rabbi, Andre Dolnikov. Do you think as a boss, you keep, uh, you're the boss, do you try and keep a bit of separation? Are you all about sort of a flat structure or? No, we're, we're not a flat structure. Are you talking about org structure or are you talking about separation socially? Or uh, actually both, but they're kind of interplay. Organizationally, you're you're classically organized sort of CEO, CFO sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have like, yeah, I think it's important. Structure is important. We're very process driven. We work in so many different time zones. Like we have to be organized. If it's, if, if, you know, who's who in the zoo, like, like who's like, we have to, an employee that comes on board, they have to understand how does this place work? And of course, then our clients have to understand who's doing what, when, you know, so we do have a structure, we do have a hierarchy, but I mean, that's organizationally, that's different to socially. Would you go to, you know, everyone's birthday thing if you're free or do you believe as a boss you need to stand back no, a little I bit no I don't, I don't think it's conscious um, they don't invite me uh, usually to be honest <laughs> oh, no. um, Larry <laughs> poor Larry uh, it's just organically I mean I travel a lot and I'm you know also these days I'm in my early 40s when I started the business I'm in my mid 20s and everyone else is in their mid 20s now there's a bit of a age separation between right. myself and some other senior people so there's a general natural that, thing I do think that's I think, it's, I think just keep let it happen I'm not trying to force it I, I also I certainly don't want to like over force. So let me be friends with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's just got to, I have probably more personal friendship relationship with some of the more senior people that I've now worked with up to 10 years than someone new. It also, I find like, no matter how humble and self-effacing and easygoing I may be, these days, you know, the company's achieved a certain degree of success and respect. People do look at me as some sort of a big deal. And I know I'm not. But, you know, it's, it's still like this degree of like, this is the boss guy. What's most misunderstood about your job then or your role? I think people don't understand, uh, in let's just say not about myself, but about the, the leadership team as a whole, how intentional a lot of what we do is. And it's not just, this is just the way it is. Having a strong culture, which is like a maintaining this beautiful garden that needs just a matter, right amount of sun and water and needs a bit of you know protection and it can fray as well it can fray in a certain team or say oh man something's off there's politics all of a sudden this you can see like weird backstabbing yeah. side come that's like yuck that like that does not feel binyan then we have to fix it like it happens it's not it's not perfect it goes up and down and, and but we kind of know what it's supposed to look like so as soon as it's getting a little bit something smells we're like okay let's zoom in on what's yeah. happening here but i think maybe what's misunderstood is that that happens automatically it's not automatic. It's quite purposeful. There's so many little building blocks that are, a lot of them now are just part of the DNA. So just that's just the way things are done around here. There's another definition of culture. Culture is the way things are done unspoken, right? Wow. And, then, and then there's all these little things. So we have like an award ceremony every year. A lot of people don't do that. 
who are we recognizing and what kind of things we're highlighting in that ceremony. Even the way we speak about the work, it's all quite intentional to create a culture and a way of and a way of thinking that aligns with our business vision and makes people feel like they're part of something special. That is all very it's intentional. It's not to say it's like nefarious or something, but we, our leadership team, we focus on that. Every person within the leadership team, myself included, has to have their own personal development goals, their own learning goals. They have to grow as people and as professionals. Do you do sort of 360 reviews yep. and stuff at yep. the top level? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you use digitally or you use a consultant or? No, we just just ask anonymously other colleagues. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're not that big that you we need to do toughest on your, we find we're toughest on ourselves within our peer group. You know, we're really nasty to each, well, not nasty, you know, tough, tough on each other. I don't know. Um, you could shut the fuck up a bit. <laughs> um, this can but be a bit like that because you're close. Because yes. you're close and you, you can be a bit like that. But no, I don't, I don't know. Um, but what I think what you're saying is just because people don't see you managing, it doesn't mean to say you're not managing the process. And in fact, probably the best kind of management is one that people don't notice. Yep, I think so. If you do the hard work behind the scenes, um, things seem to just happen. You know, we, we've got two offices. We know how diff- difficult it is to uphold a culture globally. We've got Zoom and things, but is that is that difficult? Well, we, I'm also comfortable with the culture being a little bit different in each office. As long as it, right. as it sort of <clears throat> within the framework of our key, like we have certain values that are expressed explicitly. They're written down, there's certain, you know, our Binyan values. As long as it's within those, the exact way that's manifest in a given location is okay. And you put the values, do you, do you write them uh, we, we somewhere? On, uh, we, uh, we, on, we, on, in the onboarding, we talk about them. I didn't want to do the posters. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's corny. Enough, and, yeah. you know, so it rather like, you know, one of them is like beer mensch, which is like a, a Yiddish word for just being just a nice a person, person, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 again, crisis happens. Yes. A mistake was made. A client's unhappy. You're still a decent person in that moment. That's important. Now that's important across the board. Exactly how that's we and we have like you know mensch awards when we do like shout outs and this person was really menchy and it's like become a whole like lexicon lexicon around that like be limitless, which means kind of extend yourself beyond something, learn You've something new. you come up with words that aren't the same as everyone else. Do you know there was that hilarious survey that it's like 97% of companies have 90% of the same values. It's, you know, it's like togetherness, fairness. I can remember know. the values. Obviously, I was managing partners, so maybe that's why, but I can remember the values of the last time what I was What was it? At. What was it? Well, I made a um, mnemonic. Steed, service, trust, enthusiasm, expertise, and drive. Okay. But all those things are like, of course you have those things. Yeah. Like, Ours is milk. Milk. Mensch. 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 Inspire and be inspired. Limitless. I think there's another L. There's two L's in milk. Kick them. <laughs> milk. Kick, kick ass. Take names. Killers. Um, the client's important. The cl- Like, the client is important. And... Um, uh, <laughs> and one more and uh, there's another one with L um, lead the conversation lead the conversation yep. nice so nice. I, I don't usually rattle them like it's not something we read as a list we try to live it so we go like wow way to lead the conversation so we'll we'll sneak them into but we want to make it more organic and natural not a list you'll read from yeah. you know what I'm saying like they should be conversational what's your biggest fuck up <laughs> <laughs> There's so the many. Thing. Uh, firing a client, uh, business-wise, uh, mm. firing a client, uh, never a good idea. Like you can not 
you can choose uh, in a carefully choreographed way to not work with that particular client or let them choose not to work with you. Uh, yeah, but but to explicitly sort of go, we uh, it just it's like throwing a grenade into your backyard and you don't know that the grenade is actually fine. I'm glad you said that because so there's some, someone who's been an absolute arsehole to work with, sorry, and, and just is it's horrible to their own staff and I, they've just asked us to work for us again and I just said, oh, I just need to chat with the team and have a little think about it and I really want to tell them to go fuck off but you've helped me that because my old man would never do that he'd just say oh you know I'm sorry I'm conflicted or you know it's professionally or difficult just, for just put the price just at something price, that it's you'll do it even though it's annoying if you have to because yeah. the price is on the, see on the one hand it, I think it's really important I've done this multiple times I would say this is not it was one of my things I'm very proud of is to read a client the riot act for somehow being aggressive or abusive to my team, you know, verbally, I mean, thing, you know, like I was on a, a, there was a call that was in our Melbourne studio, which is like an open plan office. And I was on another side having some meeting at the meeting table and I can just hear like a very intense loudspeaker conversation going the opposite corner of the, of the room. And I'm like, okay, hold, hold the phone here. <laughs> like I walked over there, what's going And I could tell which client it was. And I'm like, okay, um, took it off loudspeaker. I said, um, hi, I want to name the client. Listen, okay, that's not Okay. If you want to yell at someone and call me and yell me, that's not okay for you to speak to my team in this way. Never okay. So you can fire us off the job. You can not pay us. You can do whatever you want. It's not okay for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I was pretty intense about it. Like, am I making myself clear? You know? And he said, apologize, apologize. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know that. But you sh- that's not okay ever. And that was good or bad, you felt? That was good. Okay, that I was, was happy good. I did that. I wanted to do that because I need to stand up for my team. These guys think, because yeah, yeah. they're sitting there, they're getting yelled at and they're thinking, oh, I can't say anything because yeah, what yeah. if Andre won't be happy yeah, yeah. with me? I'm like, no, no. Verbal's very important too, I think. If you're going to sort something out, having a human, because they won't have a recording of that and they're not going to go back and read it and get upset more. But you're just telling someone verbally straight, enough, you understand? We good? We good? Yeah, but yeah. also that's part of the responsibility, right? That's why you get the big bucks of being the owner of a business or being a partner in a business is you accept responsibility. If one of your assistants fucks up, they're your assistants. So it's your fault if they fuck up. So, you know, I would never say to a client, yeah, so-and-so fucked up. I'd say, you know, we fucked up. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't fully agree with that. Okay. What's your view? I would never blame a a subordinate. Uh I might internally, but I would not to a client, I don't think. Depends on, I think it depends on the situation. If someone has doing a, a bad job for six months and they resigned or you asked them to leave, I will say, we made a mistake with that person yeah, and yeah, it didn't yeah, work yeah. out. But if somebody makes an honest, you right, know, somebody's right, working for you and makes an honest mistake and is morti- normally mortified, right, as a junior that they screwed something up, I would never tell the client that they did it. No, of course. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I'm saying, but it's not, I want to, like, I, look, I've got the rest, I've got the other 110 people to look after. I want the client to retain the trust in our business and that starts with me. So if the client needs to hear from me, like, that was wrong, my team made the bad decision, but we yeah. got this, we discussed it, lessons Here's learned. The solution. You can You can trust us. It's not blaming the team, but I think we all make mistakes. In well, I don't business. know. Like I, I, one thing to be self-effacing, another thing to say, "Oh, it was this dumb thing for me to do." That if the client hears that the boss or one of the other really senior people doesn't know what they're doing, that diminishes the trust in the entire business, and that does much more harm to everybody than 
Um, then look, there was a junior person and they meant well, but like it was in the moment, probably it's something I need to coach them on. I'm all for taking one for the team, but like competency, I want the client to think we're a competent company in, and we know how to recover from mistakes. If I don't know what to do, then who the hell will know what to do? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised Right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others Get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. Uh, climate change, we're just going to talk about climate change for a minute. You know, is it, you know, you as a business, I imagine a rather lighter foot really is a thing, but I imagine within your role of imagining a future, there's various versions of the future we're looking at. I mean, is this a topic that you'll be discussing, you know, next week or? Um, look, I think it'll, I'm sure it'll be mentioned by the speakers and it's something that's important. Um, you know, uh, I think, again, the stories that we tell shape the future. So I believe, so therefore the stories, if, if that's the kind of future we want as a society, and I think we definitely do, um, that needs to be part and parcel of it. Um, so, you know, I mean, we definitely do certain specific things in the business, like, you know, we have solar panels on every single office. I do mean, you? yeah, as a business, what are you doing? You've got solar yeah, panels. got stuff, stuff, stuff like that. I mean, we try to be philanthropic as well, um, giving to certain causes. And I'm, you know, Char- it's quite hard to pick the charities, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I think you know, some things closer to homes. And anyway, but I, I think that's important. I try to encourage giving. So you know, for me, and again, like I think because we can help promote the projects that are more environmentally positive. I hope that contributes in some small way as well. What's your passion outside of business? Um, I love to read. In what language? Good things. I re- English. I, I, I do read in Russian, but not fast enough. Because so Russian is famous as a language that's I know. just wonderful to read and yeah. Dostoevsky and Sigmidopoulos and whatever. Um, Dostoevsky. <laughs> just randomly Thanks. making up Dostoevsky, yeah. I love to read and I love to, um, I play jazz saxophone. Fuck not off. that well, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's so learning as part of my tradition, also like sort of, Jewish learning and texts and kind of uh, things that are a bit more on the spiritual side of things. Yeah, you're, is it Jew, you're Jewish Orthodox, are you? Or, yeah. yeah, and that means that you have to, there's a whole bunch of stuff you had to read and learn. You have to speak Hebrew, does that mean? You yeah. don't have to, but I do. Okay. I mean, I'm, so I studied Hebrew, for six Russian. years, I, yeah, and Yiddish and, and Aramaic. You're a rabbi, aren't you? I'm, yeah, I studied, yeah, I'm a, I'm a certified rabbi. When we were in, when I was living in Sydney for 11 years, I was assistant rabbi at a, at a local synagogue, uh, which was like giving, you know, sermons and classes and, you know, um, being a bit of a mentor to people and, you know, hosting a lot. It's all a bit, it's a little bit more irreverent than in some, maybe, in, I don't know, in Christianity. It's like all a bit more, 
Christianity can get quite irreverent too. Yeah, okay. Well, then it was, I, I do things in a fun way when I do that. So that's still part of my life, even though I don't have a formal role currently in Melbourne, but I'll get asked to speak here and there. What's the uh, worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Yeah, worst bit of advice, someone said, yeah, your business sucks, you should sell it. Was this quite a long time ago or recently? Uh, it was medium time ago. It was at some point we had a bit of an like an issue, I had to borrow some money. I didn't end up needing it, but I wanted my CFO said, you need to get some money because you might run out such and such Who money. Who told you that your business sucks? Actually, someone was really helpful to, they were one of the few people that would help me with that. They said, call my bank and I can sort this out for you. I didn't end up needing it, thankfully. But in the process of that, I said, by the way, your business sucks. You should sell it. Wow. And I'm like, thanks for the money, but I won't take your advice. But it did, it did, it did resonate. It was bad advice, <laughs> but, it uh, but also it made, it gave me, yeah, it gave me a good push. Well, and what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Best piece of advice: um, if you have an issue, think, well, if I do X, Y, Z organically, one day maybe that will be solved. Get in there and actually solve it. So if you have an issue with being profitable, focus on your margin. If you have an issue with culture in a team. Get right to the meat of what that is. If you ever, if you, if you want to be in a certain market, get off your ass, get on a plane, show up. <laughs> then you will be. It's not organically going to happen. So I think a lot of my, you know, mentors have always been that way driven, and I felt I've taken that advice on board. What advice would you give to your younger self? Don't listen to your older self. <laughs> that was very oh, meta. My brain just my exploded. I'm 20 years old. This man comes out of the future. Oh my God. In a flash of blue so light. Don't listen to me. So now I should listen to you. So, you know, anyway. Because, because I think you need the naivety and the nothing to lose energy of youth to do some of the things that your wiser, older self would go, and that's too risky. Don't what try it. What the hell did it. you yeah, do that yeah. for? Yeah. yeah. Recommendations? Anything? You're you're a music fan like me, so many jazz. Uh, you just sort of got that Woody Allen vibe. You did the saxophone, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm, my favorite period is later than the Woody Allen, the stuff yeah. that he's into. Um, Blue Note, or whatever. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Robert Caro, who's a brilliant author of, it writes about Robert Moses, Lyndon Johnson. It's history, but it's written like an like really a, well. It's, it's just you read you read Caro. Yeah. yeah, I'll just he's. I'm hoping he doesn't die before he finishes his last book. He's working on his last book, and he's like 87. It's amazing. I it's, felt like that about John Irving. If you've ever come across no, John Irving, uh, I, the world according to Gop. Okay. Those books. Yeah. He's like a he's about 70, but I yeah. don't want him to die. Stravinsky, um, like Petrushka. I'm getting Str- Stravinsky Russian? Where was Stravinsky? Yeah, he's he was Russian, but he left Russia at a relatively mid eighteen hundreds or something. No, no, it's like twentieth century, but but oh. like up to, he lived he died in I think seventy one. But he wow. lived until he was born in and the what do you late. like so much about him? I just think he's just I mean, his whole way he composed the the music, it's just it's a. It's enjoyable to listen to. So it's modern, but it's not so abstract that like you don't even understand what's going on. But it's just so novel, and you never under you never expect the next turn okay. of phrase. It's just so. I don't oh, know. He manages what uh, Paul McCartney has always said in pop music is the biggest genius that it's always new, but it's so familiar at the same time. Yeah, so that kind of thing. You know. Yeah, but like yeah, much better than Paul McCartney. How but, uh, uh, um, And look, jazz. I'm like I mean Coltrane. I, I yeah. I'm. I'm I don't know. I'm I'm into everything, you know, Dexter Gordon, John Coltrane, Miles Davis. That that to me is Boom. you know, I can listen to that all the time. I've really got into jazz and it sort of happened literally as I became 40 and it was that thing of like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, finding my old jazz. And I was like, 
oh fuck, it happened. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm that 40 year old guy that likes jazz music. You know, I was hardcore, man. I've, I've been into it since I was 14. This is yeah, my, yeah. I've got a record collection. When did like, you start playing saxophone? Like around 14. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That was great. I, I mean, I, ha- I would uh, just, you know, we don't, we don't need to discuss it, but as, some, as a Russian, as a Ukrainian-Russian parents and everything, this must be quite a complicated thing for you to deal with at the moment as a family, the, the war. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got relative, I've got colleagues that are from Ukraine that I, you know, and their family connections, yeah. um, like it's a real life, you know, risk thing. I've got, yeah, my brothers-in-law who live in Moscow, obviously they're the, you know, they're the aggressor. On the other hand, it is impacting the civilians okay, differently, but it's like a real thing. Do they believe, I understand a lot of people in Russia, don't, we see different sides of this media. Yeah, I mean, they're very, the media there is very controlled. So, you know, their views are, I think, to be taken with a grain of salt because right. they have been for 20 years. But aren't ours as well? Yeah, they are, but there's still there's degrees, you know, that's yeah. a fully corrupt country. It's like, every democracy is a bit corrupt. They're, Corruption is the way. Right. It's not like right. an aberration from an otherwise well-meaning system, which is, of course, in every democratic country, there's corruption. But there, it's like baked into the cake in every, at every level. Are you still an optimist that, you know, about, I guess, humanity as much as anything, even if you don't like humans too much, <laughs> you know? Do you, do you, do you I meant feel... that ironically, of yeah, course. Yeah, you know? of course, of course. I like people. Are you an optimist by nature, just to, just to end on, or are you a bit cynical of where we're going? No, I think... I'm paranoid and optimistic at once. So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra, and we'll be back with a new episode next week. Until then, it's goodbye.